0: For this episode, we'll be talking about Curtis Mayfield, There's No Place Like America Today. On the line, I have Rob. I can dig it. Ben. I can dig it. And John. I am also digging it. There's No Place Like America Today is a 1975 studio album by Curtis Mayfield, released on Curtin label. Producer was Curtis Mayfield, and the genre is funk and R&B. And I'm going to read from the book, Garth Cartwright. As a singer, songwriter, social commentator, musical pioneer, Curtis Mayfield was an original and one of the 20th century's most talented popular musicians. His 1972 soundtrack album Superfly won Mayfield great acclaim and a wide audience, but by 1975, Black American music was becoming very disco-oriented, and most songs, simple celebrations of hedonism. Mayfield reacted with There's No Place Like America Today, one of the bleakest ever artistic comments on being black in the United States. The cover has a line of black people dwarfed by a huge billboard featuring a smiling white family recreated from a Margaret Burke White's 1937 photograph. It conveys the chasm between the American dream and street level reality. As with Marvin Gaye's epic, what's going on Mayfield unflinchingly outlines the dilemmas he sees around him but gently and resoundingly preaches hope. Opener Billy Jack chronicles a small-time criminal who ends up murdered. The gospel-esque, when seasons change, looks at the despair that underlines so much poverty. So in Love is a gorgeous Mayfield love song while Jesus considers the possibility of spiritual redemption. Blue Monday People is a plea to love more than money. Love to the People delivers an uplifting message about loving your community. On release, the album proved popular with Black America, but perhaps unsurprisingly was ignored by whites. Since then, There's No Place has only taken on a greater resonance. All right, what do we think of There's No Place Like America today? Well, fuck the most timely record we've come up with right now. Jesus, things doesn't get any better. (laughs) This just (laughs) keeps getting worse. Yeah, this album was... Uh, like albums like this are what make this project worth doing for me because I hadn't I mean I wasn't digging deep on Curtis Mayfield obviously Superfly was in my brain but holy shit this album is uh, so good I had never heard of this record yeah I hadn't either and I'm a big fan of what's going on I mean that's like a huge album for me so to hear this album and hear just like what it's presenting. So good. So good.
1: Yeah. I, I think had anybody, none of us had heard of this album before. Right. No. I mean, no. and, and I, none of us had seen, I'd never seen the photo that the cover is based off of either. Like, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that that was huge in time magazine and sort of a emblem of the depression in the way that the depression affected African Americans differently than white Americans, but I'd, I'd never seen that photo and sort of, to have this album at this time and that photo on the cover taken in our city in Louisville you know it kind of just resonates that think you know time moves on but the story doesn't really change for a lot of folks and and then the songs talk exactly about that you know that in the midst of the experience that Curtis and and others like him are having you know things are not getting better <laughs> And, you know, that you look for solutions uh, in your community and in your faith. And I think that that can provide a lot of um, positivity in something that's bleak, you know, realizing that even out of dark and shitty things, there's a lot to be said for brotherhood and unity. Um, and there's a lot to be said in finding a way away from depression and and alcoholism and other things. And so it's it's hard. It's a hard listen uh, right now. Um you know especially cuz we're not african americans we don't know the experience but it's it's a it's a positive listen overall and the music is awesome it's beautiful
0: yeah really well composed i mean it it's like the air is like sucked out of these songs it's mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't quite know what to how to frame it but it the production out. Is so stripped out. well, but there's horns, but those horns sit right in the back, the base. Yeah, is, like the, like like subtle. like the band.
2: Like it, it's it's tasteful uses. It's it, everything's tasteful. There's no bombast. It's, no, it, it's just like yeah, it's a very personal like, uh, I, yeah. Not that you can see what I'm doing with my hands, <laughs> people. But yeah, it's just, it's just self-contained and like every 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 note matters and like it, yeah, it's it's fucking beautiful. And nothing's changed. That photo was taken right at the point in time Louisville was getting redlined. That's the uh, <laughs> wow. I- I've been reading a lot of books recently that have been putting me in a mood. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is a uh, this 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 album is very good. <laughs> I Don't want to uh, undersell that. Um, but yeah, opening track "Billy Jack." That's just like a really uh, a really timely listen <laughs> at this uh, at this particular juncture. Um, what's your favorite song on this birch
0: I really liked Billy Jack uh, when seasons change and Jesus was also pretty great love to the people it's it's a take your pick though to tell you the truth take your pick on this album because every song is gonna I've
3: literally got a star next to every song on this album (laughs) like there's not a not a bad one
2: If I'm putting on my critical hat, Mm -hmm. the only song that I was kind of like, that I didn't have a star next to is actually So In Love, Mm -hmm. um, which oddly enough was the single they were trying to push
1: off of this record. Well, it's the most commercial because it's a love song.
0: Yeah, it's true. You don't really, even though you should uh, go with When Seasons Change or Billy Jack, it's probably not the what, you know, the record company wants to produce, huh?
2: I don't yeah. think the record company wanted to produce this at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, from a commercial standpoint, they're like, Sew and Love" sounds more like uh, a um, D'Angelo song than any other on this album. You know, like if you're saying, oh, well, what can I put out there that's going to make people want to buy this album? You know, for, I, was for, absolutely,
2: I was absolutely getting D'Angelo feels off of this song. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, and it's got lyrics like, we don't always mean the things we sometimes do, like – okay, you know, there's some good lyrics in it, but it does seem like a strange outlier on the rest of the album.
0: Yeah. It's a quiet storm. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I read a quote that said, There's no breaks, no crescendos. The album never loses its mood of gentle insistence. It may be the most somber funk record ever made.
1: <laughs> I believe yeah, it. <laughs> som- somber funk is an interesting
0: genre.
3: <laughs> I think I'm into somber funk, guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you were asking me about how I feel about falsetto um, primarily used on albums, and I don't know. I think this somehow cuts through. I don't, I don't quite understand why, but maybe because I listened to it so much, and it it just seemed natural after a while. Yeah, but I did notice it right uh, right away. But then I, the more I listened, the more I got used to it.
1: Is it that you're okay with falsetto when it's a soloist like Curtis or D'Angelo, as opposed to when it's counterplayed in a
0: group? No, I think, I think what I, I recognize is a it's a thinness of the voice and within this album, it c- it works for me because the other instruments have that thinness when it's bombastic and someone has a thinner falsetto that they're trying to sing out. Um, it just doesn't seem to uh, to work for me. So some of those, you know, obviously like Queen and and some of those bombasque, they have very strong falsettos. So I can kind of uh, uh, identify with that because it's it's matching the music. And maybe it's just that it, maybe that's it. Maybe I just figured it out. <laughs> hmm. If it If it's counter to how the music is presented, then it stands out for me.
3: That makes sense. Is anyone else uh here in Curtis Mayfield's vocal delivery the influence on uh on uh Britney Howard of Alabama Shake's delivery? Oh yeah. It's like uh, kinda like almost hiccuping through the voice uh, through the verses a little bit. I hadn't thought of it, but yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it seemed like there are a couple uh, artists that sort of have always mimicked uh, Curtis Mayfield. <laughs> Seems like the original. There's
3: worse people to mimic.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: <laughs> so I was trying to do some research on this album and I didn't find sh- shit. Me
1: neither, <laughs> yeah, man. It, it didn't sell. Kurt uh Kreiskau gave it a D D+. Like yeah, he was didn't...
2: He was mean about it.
1: Yeah, well it just shows you people don't get it,
2: you know. I, I I honestly thought there'd be like a retrospective where he like amended it, but like his quote on this was I had hoped the featureless uh, noodle doodling of his post superfly uh, post superfly doodling just meant he was uh, treading water while transferring from uh, Vivilex to WarnerCom. Instead, it appears that he was seeking new standards of incoherence. And that doesn't make any sense for what I'm hearing in my ears. There's nothing incoherent about this message. Like, yeah, I mean, this is right in line with what's going on. And yeah. Like it, it's it's a full on thought out like you know statement. Um. So yeah, no idea what uh Christgau's issue was.
1: <laughs> the I I think to to just say like okay maybe it's this. The lyrics on this album are not as straightforward as telling a story like Superfly was, but it's not that kind of song. You know the songs are about feelings and experiences, which can be a little bit more nebulous. Like it's not straightforward. You still get the message. Like if you're paying attention, you understand exactly what he's talking about. I just don't think Christgo was willing to, to take that little bit of effort.
0: Maybe uh Kurtum didn't didn't pay him enough money. Kurtum Records. <laughs> yeah payola
1: <laughs> i do like that that curtis mayfield like has his own record label right And he's like oh i'm just gonna put out whatever i want right
0: yeah curtam is uh it's noted for being one of the first ever uh record labels owned by african-american recording artists i, I did also write uh the the dynamics they just seem to they're so compressed i if there was if someone was an audio engineer and they did not like the production on this album. I could definitely see them rejecting it, putting it to the side because the dynamics are so compressed and it sits right in the middle. It doesn't have any sort of big, big moves or dynamics um, within the album, but that that works so well for this.
1: And and I love that kind of, I love that kind of sound. Like I love it when you hear like Cody chestnut or like uh, some of those other kind of, minimalist, somber funk, I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm into it, man. It's, it's a sound I really enjoy. You know, it's a, it's a, it's not, it's not a commercial sound, no. but it's, but it's a sound that hits you, you know? And, uh, and, and I think it's, it's interesting to have this album book at, or, you know, back to back that we listen to with uh, earth, wind and fire. Like it's two very polar opposites of a uh, of a lot of sounds that should seem similar in some ways.
0: Yeah, this is a slow burn for sure. I think the more I think the more you listen to it, the the better it gets.
1: Yeah, I concur on
2: that.
0: Yeah, it, it, it took
2: me a few times going through it to for it to sit for me. Um,
0: yeah, that's how I felt about uh, what's going on and some of the those Marvin Gaye albums. It was it, it just sitting with it. Uh, ben you are just jamming
3: dude i'm just i'm I'm grooving to it over here well uh, when you've got I, that gospel vibe like how can you not <laughs> yeah as far as uh songs that are songs on pop records that are specifically about jesus this one doesn't bother me at all <laughs> I, I like this song a lot <laughs> it's talking
0: about drinking that wine
3: <laughs> drinking that wine i really really like this record yeah, I just can't. I mean, I, I understand why it didn't sell
2: well. I just kind of figured that it'd be on some critics list, at least for what it was doing. But it just more or less got panned, which so strange.
3: Yeah, it can't all be Superfly. They can't all be the soundtrack to an exploitation movie. <laughs> they really
1: can't. well, like even we, we reviewed Superfly, even Superfly. Yeah. Curtis is making a comment about you know, drugs destroying his community in, in Chicago and Cabrini green and things, which is what elevates it. Right. Exactly. Like, but on the, on the, on the front end, you're like, Oh, this is a funky song. It's playing with all these like drug dealers fighting the cops, you know, and, and the cops being behind the drugs, you know, the story of Superfly. But when you listen to it more, you get, you get a bit more of the message and that message is still here in this, but in a, in a different angle. I mean, because Jesus, that song is kind of about like, you know, trying to find a way out of alcoholism and other problems, right? I mean, he's talking about things that are affecting his community and people in general and, you know, trying to find a way to make something positive out of a negative.
0: Yeah, it is. It's not just depression. I mean, it's not just, it's a bit of a downer record, but I think it has a lot of redemption, has a lot of hope. He talks about it in a
1: real way, too, like. On Blue Monday people, he's like, oh, this depression isn't what I what you said it was going to be, you know, like he's he doesn't sugarcoat it.
0: No. And maybe that's why it's it's not commercially viable. I'm sure record execs don't want a song called Jesus that has uh, the repeated phrase, drinking and drinking and (laughs) drinking. I would buy
3: it. (laughs) A A
0: a A traveler.
2: It was back then, or equally as important, I should say. Uh, Time is a flat circle.
1: It sure as shit is. It needs some fucking bumps. <laughs> yeah. Well us bump it. A bumpy, Let's bumpy circle. Yeah. Let's 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 bumpy that circle. <laughs>
2: Everything's awful, but in this timeline we got Curtis Mayfield, so <laughs> yeah, right. Well, got that going for us. Yeah. Good, good.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Those Blue Monday, uh, the Blue Monday people that that uh. I also, obviously, um, you know, more modern artists. I was always thinking of Childish uh, Gambino, Mm -hmm. who has to be a huge Curtis Mayfield fan. I mean, I I can't imagine not. He's either
3: a Curtis Mayfield fan or a big fat liar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the two. (laughs) I get those vibes from. um, uh, What do you think, Rob? Would you recommend this? Would you listen again? This, would you buy?
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I would absolutely buy this and I will listen to it again. And I would have to give it a positive because t- taking aside the timely nature of this coming into our ears uh, this week, I don't know. Uh, it, it just goes to show that uh, Curtis Mayfield was the real thing. And like, you know, this this is as funky as it is as somber. And
3: yeah, I abs- absolutely would recommend this to anybody. Total positive on my end. Same. Uh, we'll listen to again, would buy, would absolutely recommend, uh, very poignant and topical right now, but I'm sure it would be good in any day and age. Uh, this is, this is a great record. I'm sorry that, that it seems to have been passed over by history. I'm glad
1: it was included in this book at the very least. 100% positive. Um, as everyone said, you know, good at any time that you, yeah, you have the chance to listen to it and it's not just listening to it for the messages of the songs. It's also beautiful musically and sonically, you know, the sounds that he's choosing to produce the way he's singing it's don't sleep on Curtis as just being super fly. Like there's so much more to Curtis and this album is a really good way to show that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, I'm so happy, uh, This project sort of led led this album to me, um, so I can listen to it now, like over and over. It's it's gonna be great. I total positive on this one. This is this is great. Buy
3: this fucking record.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's
3: many copies of this still out in the wild.
0: Mm, Well, uh,
3: I will say, not many. It did. I haven't seen one.
0: It peaked at number what 120 on the billboard 200 as well as 13 on the top r and slash hip-hop uh, album charts so it wasn't didn't doesn't seem like it was completely panned um like the reviewer said it did well with uh black audiences but i guess it just kind of fell by the wayside didn't get sampled much probably because of that low production Mm -hmm. i could see that um and it doesn't it's true it doesn't have like that that just like single that just like grabs you you know that just jumps out and is going to be played in a movie or uh in another instant at a party or something like that it's a very introspective album so yeah i could i could see why it doesn't quite resonate um but i think if it yeah i think if people started to pay attention started to if it got a reissue on like record store day i think a lot more people would uh you know recognize into it all right next time we'll be talking about tom petty and the heartbreakers self-title album all right thanks y'all